Chapter Twenty One of Callista by John Henry Newman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Startling rumors. When Jucundus rose next morning and heard the news, he considered it to be more satisfactory than he could have supposed possible. He was a zealous imperialist and a lover of tranquillity, a despiser of the natives and a hater of the Christians the christians had suffered enough to vindicate the roman name to deter those who were playing at christianity and to show that the people of sicca had their eyes about them and the mob had received a severe lesson too and the cause of public order had triumphed and civic peace was re-established his anxiety too about agellius had terminated or was terminating he had privately denounced him to the government come to an understanding with the military authorities and obtained the custody of him he had met him at the very door to which the boy fermion brought him with an apparitor of the military staff or what answered to it and had clapped him into prison in an underground cellar in which he kept damaged images and those which had gone out of fashion and were otherwise unsaleable he was not at all sorry by some suffering and by some fright to aid the more potent incantation which callista was singing in his ears he did not however at all forget juba's hint and was careful not to overdo the rack and gridiron dodge if we may so designate it yet he thought just a flavour or a thought of the inconveniences which the profession of christianity involved might be a salutary reflection in the midst of the persuasives which the voice and eyes of callista would kindle in his heart there was nothing glorious or heroic in being confined in a lumber cellar no one knowing anything about it and he did not mean to keep him there forever as the next day wore on towards evening rumour brought a piece of news which he was at first utterly unable to credit and which for the moment seemed likely to spoil the appetite which promised so well for his evening repast he could hardly believe his ears when he was told that callista was in arrest on a charge of christianity and at first it made him look as black as some of those egyptian gods which he had on one shelf of his shop however he rallied and was very much amused at the report the imprisonment indeed was a fact account for it as one could but who could account for it varium et mutabile who could answer for the whims and fancies of womankind if she had fallen in love with the owl of minerva or cut off her auburn tresses or turned rope dancer there might have been some shrugging of shoulders but no one would have tried to analyze the motive but so much his profound sagacity enabled him to see that if there was one thing more than another likely to sicken agellius of christianity it was to find one who was so precious to him suffering from the suspicion of it it was bad enough to have suffered oneself in such a cause still he could conceive he was large-minded enough to grant that agellius might have some secret satisfaction in the antagonist feeling of resentment and obstinacy which that suffering might engender but it was carrying matters too far and no comfort in any point of view to find callista his beloved the object of a similar punishment 
it was all very well to profess christianity as a matter of sentiment mystery and singularity but when it was found to compromise the life or limbs of another and that other callista why it was plain that agellius would be the very first to try and entreat the wayward girl to keep her good looks for him and to be loyal to the gods of her country and he chuckled over the thought as others have done in other states of society of a love scene or a marriage being the termination of so much high romance and fine acting however the next day aristo came down to him himself and gave him an account at once more authentic and more extended on the matter which interested him callista had been called up before the tribunal and had not been discharged but remanded the meaning of it was as obscure as ever aristo could give no account of it it almost led him to believe in the evil eye some unholy practices some spells such as only potent wizards know some deplorable delusion or hallucination had for the time got the mastery of his sister's mind no one seemed quite to know how she had found her way into the hands of the officers but there she was and the problem was how to get her out of them however whatever mystery whatever anxiety attached to the case it was only still more urgent to bring the matter home to agellius without delay if time went on before the parties were brought together she might grow more obstinate and kindle a like spirit in him oh that boys and girls would be giving old people who wished them well so much trouble however it was no good thinking of that just then he considered that at the present moment they would not be able to bear the sight of each other in suffering and peril that mutual tenderness would make them plead with each other in each other's behalf and that each would be obliged to set the example to each of a concession to which each exhorted each and on this fine philosophical view he proceeded to act End of chapter twenty one